This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. At first glance, sales in China look like they recovered from the pandemic. LMC Automotive reports that sales were up 6.6% in June. But it says those are wholesale numbers, meaning they're deliveries from the factories to their dealers, not retail numbers. It says that inventory is piling up and is 26% above a year ago, and that means customer demand is still weak. And it sure looks like the Chinese auto industry is headed for a major shakeout. LMC says that the top 30 brands command 90% of the market. That leaves 75 brands to fight over the remaining 10%. Even more telling, the top 10 brands have 60% of the Chinese market. And the shakeout will also hit the electric car segment. 50 EV startups jumped into the EV market. But LMC says that all but five of them have seen their funding dry up, and it wonders if any of them will survive. Russia has a reputation for being a nation of heavy drinkers, and with that comes drunk drivers. But now the government is considering a mandate to equip all cars with breathalyzers to help curb drunk driving. Around 17,000 Russians were killed in traffic accidents last year, and a large number of those were caused by drunk drivers. Russia is hoping to have a plan by the end of the year, but past attempts to require alcohol interlocks or breathalyzers have been unsuccessful. Car makers in the country are likely to oppose the new rule as well because it will add cost to vehicles, which could hurt sales. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. Engineer from anywhere. Perform tests from your office, lab, or living room. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, we have you covered. Our hardware and software is trusted all over the world. Global company headquartered in Troy, Michigan. Intrepid Control Systems. Last month, Ford of Europe introduced active versions of its Torneo and Transit Connect vans. The trim adds things like rugged SUV skid plates and cladding, as well as a raised ride height. And now Opel is making its vans a bit more off-road capable. The Combo Cargo and Vivero vans are now available with all-wheel drive, a higher ground clearance, and underbody protection. It's a 6,400 euro option for the Combo and a 6,600 euro option in the Vivero. General Motors is collaborating with EVGO to triple the number of public fast charging stations in the U.S., They will build 2,700 fast chargers over the next five years. The chargers will be installed in areas that most people go frequently, like grocery stores, retail outlets, and entertainment locations. Each station will be able to charge four vehicles at a time with 100 to 350 kilowatt capability, and all the electricity will come from renewable sources. Strangely, GM did not mention the partnership it announced a year ago with the giant construction firm Bechtel to build thousands of EV charging stations across the U.S. 
They announced they were going to create a separate corporation to lead the effort, but it never happened. AutoLine contacted GM to find out what's going on, and we were told that GM and Bechtel, quote, continue to explore opportunities. But with the EVgo announcement, it sounds to us that the other deal is dead. In other EV news, the PSA Group will move away from the two platforms that its vehicles are currently built on to two fully electric platforms. The first will be the Electric Vehicle Modular Platform, or EVMP, for C and D segment sedans and SUVs, which will start hitting the market in 2023. The battery is mounted in the floor of the architecture and provides 60 to 100 kilowatt hours of capacity. That's expected to return a range of 400 to 650 kilometers, or roughly 250 to 400 miles, based on the WLTP test cycle. While most of the vehicles that use the platform will be electric, PSA says hybrid versions will also be offered in certain markets. Chinese automaker Wu Ling, which is a joint venture partner with GM, revealed more information about its all-new Victory MPV, the first to wear the brand's new silver logo and a vehicle that sounds like it will be offered in markets outside of China. It looks to be a nicely styled vehicle with three rows of seating and a body made mostly from high-strength steel, which helps allow the Victory to brag it has the largest sunroof in its segment. The interior is clean and simple, highlighted by a flat-bottom steering wheel, which gives it a bit of a sporting feel, and a floating LCD screen. Note how it curls up between the two-tone dash, almost like a weed growing through a crack in the cement. An interesting take on the floating screen design I'm not sure that I've seen before. When the Victory launches, which hasn't been announced yet, it will also come with a number of driver assistance features, like adaptive cruise control and automatic emergency braking. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Intrepid Control Systems. Over-the-air engineering. Boost your game. And by Borg Warner. Propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. Every year, we go to the Management Briefing Seminars, or MBS as everyone calls it, which is put on by the Center for Automotive Research in Ann Arbor. But because of the COVID pandemic, this year MBS is going virtual, and so will our coverage of the conference. We'll be providing condensed wrap-ups that hit the highlights of what was discussed. We call them the cliff notes of the conference and we'll start posting them tomorrow afternoon so you can learn what the industry experts are talking about. The Ford Bronco sure is attracting a lot of attention, and on AutoLine After Hours, we learned a ton of how Ford went about designing those models because our guest was Paul Wraith, the chief designer. One of the topics we got into was how they went about designing the doors for easy removal. It's actually a lot more involved than you might think and they got the idea of how to do it by watching a customer who loves off-roading, in this case, a young woman who works as a nanny. Take a look. What if we could put them inside the vehicle? Then there's always a place for them to go. Now, in order to do that, you've got to make them small enough to go in the vehicle. And then that, that took us then to the um, frameless doors. So the process of removal is you drop the glass down into the door, you swing the door open, and now the door's nice and small. 
there's a few things we've got to do though. We've got to make the door really slim. So coming back to that comment about putting sniffless into the into the metal using the using the design, but also some real efficiencies in how we we um, engineered the doors out. But then, you know, she was she's not a, she's not a huge person. So how is she going to go and do this? So we need to carry the weight of the door. First of all, make the door, door as light as possible. So it's it's alloy, it's light as we can make it. But then we need to put the right contact points onto the door. We need to make sure that the removal process of the door is really easy. So it's like one tool. The electrical connection to the door doesn't require a degree in electrical engineering. It's just a simple plug. It's no more complicated than taking a socket out of the wall. Okay? Um, the check arm doesn't require a second process to remove because the check arm or the check is mount is built into the door. So that just comes straight off with it. So it's a really simple process. And then the, the, the bags came in. As a, as a means of not only protecting the door when they're being handled, because we saw lots of scratched up uh, doors from other manufacturers, but also as a, as a way of um, shouldering the weight of the, of, the, of the door and making it easy to manhandle around. So um, because you can lift it with your hands, but if you can support it equally on your shoulder as well, that makes a, a much more uh, easy process. So there it, there, there, that's one end of that whole kind of process. But the other side of it is in order to make the doors small enough, we needed to take the mirrors off them and we needed to put the mirrors onto the body. Now, you could say there's nothing new under the sun about that because old vehicles always had the mirrors on the on the fender, right? But they didn't have to deal with the legislation that we had to have to deal with. So the legislation on mirrors is, is extremely um, detailed uh, and exacting and you've got to get it right. Well, there's a lot of great insight like that in the rest of the show. And if you want to learn more about the Broncos, you can watch the entire show on our website or YouTube channel. And then be sure to watch this week's AutoLine After Hours when our guest will be Mark Del Rosso, the CEO for Genesis in North America. Hyundai botched the launch of Genesis, and it's Del Rosso's job to get it straightened out. He has a ton of automotive experience, having worked at Toyota, at Bentley, and at Audi. So we invite you to join us to learn how he is going to rebuild Genesis in the American market. That wraps up today's show, but welcome to a new week and a new month of AutoLine Daily.